Okay, so I watched a um, Watch Mojo top ten characters that meet themselves in time travel. Top ten characters that meet themselves in time travel. Well, there's Martin McFly, well, of course. But so they they mentioned Back to the Future, but they ended up pick, picking Biff Tannen as that okay. was more memorable when he sure. is yeah. knocking himself over the... Sound like a damn moron when you say... <laughs> Screen door in a submarine. Get in the car, butthead. <laughs> hey, how do you know how to do that? No one else knows how to do that. Yeah, I'll take a look at it. Shut up. <laughs> Let's see here. So others would so you got be... One. Doctor Who? Or Doctor Who? No, it's, it's cinematic movies. Okay. Yeah, oh. theatrical movie releases. Okay. Um... This is uh, when we get like a uh, Family Feud thing where we get. Okay, yeah. <laughs> let's read the list here. Kennedy's, <laughs> Jesus. Um. We'll do top. Well, if you get five of them, we'll we'll consider it. Survey says. <laughs> um. So time travel. Let's just do time travel movies. Like I had a hard time like, just thinking of theatrical movies that involve time travel. Right. I'm trying to, there, I mean, there were several as a kid. Yeah, a lot of them are from the seven, late 70s, mid 80s, 90s. I'm doomed. Doomed. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Okay, that, yep, that's one. I'd like to say that that was probably one of the more obscure ones. <laughs> I just pulled out of my... What number are we thinking about right now? 69! <laughs> yeah, I did not understand that joke as a kid. Right? <laughs> okay, um, I've gotten two here, Scott. Come on. I know, my, my brain is not Time working. travel, dude. Time, this is just a warm-up to get our brains going. I know. Time travel sci-fi movies. Time Cop? Time Cop, yeah. Ooh, nice, good one. Jean-Claude Van Damme, but not... Jean-Claude Van Damme doesn't meet himself, but the senator that's the evil villain in it yes. is the one that goes back in time that... And he ends up the only Jean Claude Van Damme pushes the senator into the the other senator, the, and the time paradox blows them into this goo. They blow up because they touch each other. Yeah, that made no sense. Yeah. You wasn't got the main chick in that? Wasn't the chick in that movie the one from Ferris Bueller's Day Off? The love interest. I don't remember the love interest very well. Like his wife, the one. So his wife, if I remember correctly, in that movie, his wife in the original timeline, Jean Claude's wife was dead. And then by the end of it, he changes it so she's alive. Or he changes the timeline or something so that like yeah. she survives. And I'm pretty sure that that was the same actress who played Ferris Bueller's girlfriend. I have to watch that again. And I remember that. Cause she's hot. Cause I had a huge crush on her when I was younger. And I thought she was like the hottest thing ever in Ferris Bueller's Day Out. Uh, so let's see here. Um, okay, so we got Time Cop. We had Back to the Future. Back to the Future, Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted. Uh, what else we got here? Time travel. Gentlemen, time travel. One of them's a new movie, from relatively with the last five years. Last four years. Uh, the Lake House? <laughs> <laughs> that is time travel? It's not bad enough you make me watch that movie. You have to mock me with it. Uh, it's the time traveling mailbox, right? Yeah. <laughs> but no. The astronaut's wife. No. Nah. Maybe yeah. I have time drive alone, I don't know. No. Um, hmm. Why is it so hard to think of time travel? It shouldn't really, be that hard. 
There's is there any time travel in Masters of the Universe, or is no, that just no? That's goes, just they go space to space travel. Space travel. Well, actually, no. At the end, there is time travel. I take that back. At the end, there is time travel. Nobody meets their mm. previous self, but they do send them back in time to before the point where her parents died in a plane crash. Jumanji. No. Jumanji. What? No time travel. No time. Well, I mean, well, he, I mean he, he goes back in time. He wakes up back in time before the game starts. No, so no. But he doesn't meet. But he himself. doesn't meet himself. No. Okay. Um, um, let's see here. Star Trek had time travel, but they didn't meet themselves because that was way too far in the past. Okay, I was. That's what I thought too, and I can't believe I'm having to defend this. The new movie had old Spock meet oh new Spock. Oh my god, are we talking about the, I'm just. Yeah, and I was agree. one of them? Yeah, that was one of them, top ten. And I did not. That was Boo. Cool. I agree. You have either of you haven't seen like the last one. I did, just right? recently, my dad made me kind of watch In, it. Into Darkness or whatever? Yeah, yeah I, I watched, watched it. it. It was bad. I saw it. it was horrible. It was, yeah. It was. I think the best behind I, the scenes that I've seen on YouTube no, <laughs> of them goofing off is, the, is better than the, the movie. movie. Again, what is okay? What is with this obsession with somehow writing the Beastie Boys into the Star Trek timeline? Well, it's his favorite. John Liu or whoever directed it the was the, the Fast guy. and the Furious. No, guy. no, no, it's but this Abrams. Is J. J. Abrams, like it's his Abrams, favorite band. He his favorite band of all time. Oh, he but, tries to put him in every movie. Really? So, uh huh. And he puts his buddies in every movie too. Yeah, so which yeah, I can because that guy from appreciate. Alias is once again the the um, the spy that was like not the main character spy, but he had like darker hair and yeah. yeah. Um, he's in that. He's like in the control room or whatever at the space station. And the fat guy from Heroes. And it's horrible that that's the only way I remember his name. But he Wait, I think him. we're thinking of the same guy, actually. Yeah, the, he was yeah. in Rogue, or he was in... Yeah, um, he was in Rogue One. Or, or, um, no, he was in... Star uh, Trek Force. Force, on, Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. Yes. yes. Star Trek 7? 7. Star Wars Episode 7. Star Wars. We're not going to confuse Star Trek and Star Wars here. We're just talking about J.J. Abrams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they get all. They get bent out of shape when you mix the two up. What's the difference? There is none. <laughs> Alright, so okay. So Star technically Trek. you got okay, one more. You got Let, let's up. just say at the end of Into Darkness there is like a pivotal scene that basically revolves around somehow the Beastie Boys saving thousand mm -hmm. millions of lives in a space station by being played. And this is in a Star Trek movie. I'm sorry. Oh god. Yeah. It's horrible. Why? Yeah. Why? But at that point, That's... like, I was already, I'd already given up on the movie. Sure. I already was like, I hate this movie. And Chris Pine can go <laughs> suck a dick for all I care about. <laughs> um, bleep. Like, yeah. I'll bleep that back and edit it. Cut that out. But, and then they get that point where, like, they start playing this music to go disrupt this swarm of ships or something. And then, of course, not only not only did they jump the shark and play that music, but then they have to go even further and have Chris Pine make a comment about, like, good song choice. And then they cut to Scotty or Bones saying, is this classical music? Oh, and God. Spock says, yes, yes, Spock it is. Spock says, yes, it is. I, I do believe it is. And that's the, pretty much the point when, if you had a gun, you would just... <laughs> yeah, so, so like, in Star Trek VI, they're quoting Shakespeare throughout most of the movie. That doesn't break the immersion for me at all. 
Sure. Well, because it was the original Klingon. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, that was kind of cheesy, admittedly, but... All right. I mean, yeah. Shakespeare and Beastie six Boys. Was it Undiscovered Country? Yeah, okay, it was six. Yeah, because yeah, seven was... Um, there wasn't a seven, was Generations. There? No, it's Generations. Yeah. Was, yeah, so in the old timeline, there wasn't a seven. Okay, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, Shakespeare... Greatest Beastie writing, Boy, one, yeah. of, no, one of the greatest writings in all of. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying though, you're, fiction, you're using a, a pop culture ref. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't even Shakespeare is technically a pop culture reference in the future. Maybe it is. I don't know how you do that, but. Well, right. what does this say about our current culture, though? Right. That's, that's what I'm worried about. We went from Shakespeare in space to the Beastie Boys being considered classical, and or somehow having a hand in saving an entire space station. By being played. And it's almost like these Star Trek movies are satire on the old Star Trek where they're making fun of certain parts of Star Trek that we, as Star Trek fans, appreciated. Like Spock being a logical individual who looks at things a different way and the way Leonard Nimoy portrayed him. And now it's more of a mockery or a, a humorous, let's, let's see where we can go with this. He's logical, but how can we make fun of it? How can we lighten it? How can we... You know, bring well, it just to the very basis that he's apparently doing the dirty with Ohura. Yeah. Which, I mean, I get it. Zoe said on it, yeah, sure. I <laughs> but Spock and Ohura, no. I mean, it never, it never happened. Sorry. It doesn't make, yeah. You yeah. know, as far as, as far as in, in my, in my own timeline, in my own head, Scott was a, uh, Scott. <laughs> I was just about to say, Scott was a celibate creature. <laughs> In my own timeline, <laughs> Spock was a celibate creature. Yeah, he well, he did. He was just he didn't need any. Yeah, even though. Ponfar. Ponfar. Yeah. Ponfar. Yeah. But they repressed. Okay, him. so let's let's take that logic of okay, it's a separate timeline. Mm-hmm. At that point, nothing had changed from the original, besides Kirk and the and the whatever ship that was got was blown up. So basically, Ahura's timeline and Spock's timeline hadn't changed at all. Right. To that point, in at the beginning, where even when they first boarded the Enterprise, he she says, "I'm on the Enterprise," and he sh- he says, "Oh, I think you are," and then he changes yeah. it on his like, little pad. What, what aspect of the butterfly effect? Right. It it didn't it didn't change. Nothing changed, and they basically just you know took a big old crap on, you know, Star Trek. With the uh, with the new movies, and how much of that too? I mean, I think it's just because J.J. Abrams didn't like Star Trek. Yeah. I mean, he came out and he said it. I don't like Star Trek. Star Wars is better. Star Trek is boring. Star Trek doesn't have cool aliens like Star Wars does. I'm gonna put aliens in Star Trek that Star Wars had because Star Wars blah blah blah. You know. Is that just all marketing? Like just way to try and ruin. Well, not ruin Star Trek, but try to make Star Trek more Star Warsy, and in doing so. We all realize that apparently J.J. Abrams is just, uh, well, I'm just going to say mean things about him, but, and let's, on the topic of J.J. Abrams, now, Scott, you still have not seen either of these movies, but now, Ryan, you've seen Rogue One, you've seen Episode 7, how much better is Rogue One than Episode, I, I enjoyed Episode 7. times better. Yeah, I thought Episode 7, I walked out of episode, episode 7, I was like, yeah, it was fine, it was good. Way better than 1, 2, or 3. Exactly. I was like, hey, this is good. You know, we're on the right track here. Um, Some glaring plot holes for me, but otherwise, sure. no. And it was really, obviously, as said before, it's just a rehash of, like, Star Wars greatest hits, you know. Um, but 
it got us back on track. Yeah. You know, like he said uh, in the beginning of the movie, like one of the first lines in the movie really is, this should be good to set things right. And as cheesy and stupid as that is, like, yes, this is, that's what kind of the point was. Um, then you get Rogue One and you just, I think I was about three quarters of the way through that movie and in my mind I'm watching it before even kind of that pivotal battle scene at the end. I'm watching this movie thinking, wow, J.J. Abrams better friggin' bring it for episode eight because we have now been shown what you can do with a Star Wars movie that doesn't even have Jedi, that doesn't really have the main characters in it. This just has characters we've never really met before. And this movie is basically taking episode seven and throwing it out the door and, you know, stepping all over it and saying like, you want a good Star Wars movie, this is a good Star Wars movie. And they managed to do it basically going the entire movie without a single Jedi or lightsaber. You know what it did for me? Is Rogue One made me feel what I hadn't felt in, in a long time was I could actually live in this universe. Like, yes. this universe has a feeling to it where like one, two, and three, they were telling a story in that universe. I'm like, okay, yeah, I know this universe. Whereas Rogue One actually opened a door and I'm like, oh, this would be cool. Like, oh, okay, this is a new part of this universe where I right. want to explore and I'm actually involved, it personally actually, involved in wanting to see this. It actually showed you new planets. Mm -hmm. It showed you this, the gritty side of the war. It, it, it portrayed the rebellion as not the shining beacon of goodness that to this point you kind of expected that it was. It actually shows it as a rebellion doing things that need to be done in order to win a guerrilla war. Mm -hmm. You know, that these weren't all just like morally altruistic guys or people, you know, like, oh, we need to win a war. So like, this collateral damage, things need to happen here, we're sorry, you know. Um, this really realistic, gritty take on it, where you took a step back and you're like, hey, this is, this is actually believable. Aside from the fact, and yes, I am pulling this from uh, how it should have ended, <laughs> um, where basically they're making the joke about <laughs> the ship flying in at the beginning, and he's like, land as far away as possible. <laughs> we can just land in front, no, land as far away as possible, so we have to walk a really long way and give them time to escape. Okay, aside from that, yeah. pretty cool movie. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, and then, you know, when eventually there is a lightsaber, also, personally kind of gave me goosebumps it was pretty cool it's like um and you know we're going to be getting into this later the opening cinematic for um the old republic mm -hmm. like that good like you're like star wars is awesome again like <laughs> nailed that okay so this is where and we're going to get into our main topic here but this is where bioware and i think we a long time ago before this what this is you know had even begun its infancy we had discussed this where I remember mentioning, please just let Bioware, and this was before episode seven, this was when we were still kind of in the aftermath of God episodes one through three just suck horribly, <laughs> where we were saying, please just let Bioware make a Star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. Because the Bioware cutscenes for The Old Republic um, were badass. Yeah. And they really know how to make good cutscenes, right? Especially with Star Wars. Well, maybe they know how to make cutscenes better than they know how to make games at this point. <laughs> or at least sequels. Or at least sequels. And with that, I think we should let Scott do the intro here. Uh, <clears throat> real quick before you uh, go in your intro. Looper, 
um, Bruce mm. Willis meets himself. Oh, God. Like, oh, yeah. Not a bad movie, actually. In well, my, I mean, Bruce Willis didn't meet himself. It was uh, he, he <laughs> met. Jason Gordon-Levitt and then Bruce Jason, Willis. <laughs> yeah. But it's supposed to be sure. the same character. Jason Gordon-Levitt? No. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, yes. Um, they put it in 2001 at the end where he sees himself getting older and older and older, which they said was kind of like... A, not yeah, really time travel. Yeah, but, not okay. Um, and then... Um, they did, uh, what's that Disney movie? Um, Mr. Robin? No, Robinson. No. <laughs> Robinson in Space? Robinson Family? The Robinson Lost Family? in Space? No, Robin, no, it's, it's an animated feature where the kid wishes that he could be smart and whatever, and he's like really nerdy kid, wishes that he could have a family, and then he travels to the future and finds out that he actually creates all this amazing sci-fi tech and then he meets uh, his family. Although, Lost in Space, that horrible movie remake actually has time travel where the kid meets no the kid doesn't meet himself but there's the kid in the future the grown-up kid who goes back to save people because dr what's his face gets all evil and spidery and shit yeah oh yeah yeah he does see him yeah does he see the, the kid does he see, yeah, does the, he see the young version of himself i'm He's, pretty sure he doesn't meet himself i think he just sees himself they like they uh, mentioned 13 monkeys where bruce willis right. sees himself die monkey, yeah um mm. but he doesn't actually have contact or i think the the son sees his father will robinson so yeah will yeah. sees somebody yeah yeah no that's right he sees his dad yeah and his dad yeah, because his dad's like, Will, is that you? And he's like, hi, Dad, I haven't seen you in a long time, or something, something yeah. like that, yeah.